Is it goodbye or goodnight? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Memorabilia, where we talk about the hot and not hot, or not as hot, memes. Uh, This is episode 13. Also called shit. I didn't come up with a name for this episode, but we'll get it in post. It's going to be it's going to be episode 13. <laughs> we will have a name for it. It will have a meme pun in, pun in it. I promise. We are Ann and Chris. I am Chris. I am Ann. Also, this is our Baker's Dozen episode. Hey! It finally came to fruition. If you have a baker who likes you, he will give you one extra or she. He or she will give you one extra. Or they, because we are inclusive and gender is a spectrum. Yep, that is very true. How binary and old school of me. Yep. Hey, you can take your... Um, uh, go on. Dang it. <laughs> I'm well, anyway, You can go pound dirt with your gender expectations. Kick rocks, go as it were. Kick leaving rocks. Leaving with my... Uh, uh, Am I 2000 and late, as Black Eyed Peas would say? Yep. Okay, great. Anyway, so (laughs) we are Anne and Chris, and we're going to talk to you today about the hot and not as hot memes, although this is my first week back uh, in the fold because I was out very ill yesterday. (laughs) It feels like yesterday. Uh, Last week, uh, Anne was kind enough to fly solo for that week. How did that feel? Uh, Not great. Would not recommend. I. It, it was rough. No. So sorry to everyone. I mean, you know, thank you for listening if you did. But if you didn't, I also understand. Well, I applaud you for doing it. It is not, it is not easy to do a, a solo episode. It's basically public speaking at that point. Oh, yeah. And it's just, I was really running out of gas. The amount of times I had to edit out, like I smacked my lips during the episode because you can't take breaks to drink oh. water. Wow. I didn't even think of that. There's no, like something as simple as like, I need a breather for a moment or a yeah. water or whatever. Which is dumb because I was also by myself and could have just easily edited out the breaks. Yeah. Like there's actually no reason for me to have not just hit the pause button, take a swig of water and then hit record again and keep going. It, can, it, not, the whole thing didn't make that Yeah, that was so stupid. So I'm not really sure why I put these sort of stressful constraints on myself. Like you're on, like you're on live radio delivering an address, you know, <laughs> you just have to get through the entire thing. Yeah. So, but having said that, it really appreciate, it helped me, uh, Increase my appreciation of the dynamic we have, and that this whole show really is a is a team effort. You and I, it's a two person sport, and I'm grateful to be co-hosting this with you because that was it was it was. I think the content, if I do say so myself, was okay, mm-hmm. but but you know there was no conversation to be had. It it, yeah. it really felt like the longest like 20 minutes of my life. Well, I appreciate you too. It was 20 minutes was the episode. I I admittedly, for everyone at home, I did not listen to it yet. I had a heck of a week though, a doozy of a week as as uh as I would call it. Um I think in general, well, so first of all, thank you. I appreciate you too. I think this is great. It's great to have that chemistry and conversation. Uh secondly, uh it was more or less an Iron Man episode. Because you didn't pause. There's no pauses in that one. That's a full live run through, which props to you. I think most podcasts 
do it where they would pause and take breaks and then cut it. Um, but Iron Man. Thank you. I like has that. One take is a solo take genius. And everyone else should aspire to do the Iron Ann podcast episode. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, it helps that I was talking about specifically one topic that I am very exceptionally qualified to talk about. So if you are an Animal Crossing fan, I talk at length <laughs> in the last ep- our little mini episode. So yeah. Subject matter expertise could not be rivaled. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, so CNN, so least- CNN was happy. <laughs> Animal Crossing. We have our Animal Crossing expert and Vanderhelm joining us. The International Institute of Animal Crossing and Village <laughs> Sims featuring animals. <laughs> village Sims, life sim, village sim expert. Uh, yeah, so kudos to you. I think that was awesome that you decided to still go through with it. And uh, sorry for leaving you hanging. Thanks for carrying there, quite literally. Hey, so you know what? I'm glad you're feeling back to what, 89% health? Like, how are you feeling yeah, on, this, on this? One I though? would say I'm hanging around, uh, hanging around 89 to 90. Um, okay. Had a, it's been uh, the fever and everything kind of went away. Uh, it was just like, it wasn't really, it was just the aches. Um, it was really the aches and the coughing and the, uh, the chest congestion. We don't have to go at length about this. It's just that I'm still still on the mend a little bit. And because I had a crazy week in general with, uh, you know, we had baby stuff and all sorts of uh, work stuff. Uh, it's just, a, it pro- has prolonged the process as I'm sure most working Americans go through where they just, you can't catch a break during a work week and, and you're just sick permanently for that. Or like oh, it's a little bit sick permanently. Um, so it's nice to have uh, the, a nice quieter weekend to kind of recoup. So I'm sure I'll be fine tomorrow. Hey, I'm glad you beat coronavirus, Chris. I did. I am a, I am a coronavirus. Well, I'll, I won't. I will let the folks at home decide. But I, I was ill during a time where coronavirus exists. You decide. <laughs> Those are the am facts. Am I a hero? <laughs> yes. Not all heroes wear capes. All I'm saying is I am one. <laughs> we, yeah, we, uh, so we started uh, rewatching The Office. You know, starting with episode one. And there was one where Michael Scott did something, but he, something had happened, but he said something like, no, so sorry. So (laughs) there was something he did to himself, but he literally, he put himself in harm's way, Mm -hmm. but then was able to like recover from it. And so then his little, like, you know, direct to camera, like soliloquy, um, would I consider myself a hero? Well, I saved a life today, my own. So yes, <laughs> just. <laughs> but it, he put himself in harm's way, right? And managed to get himself out. Oh, I know what it was. It was the one where he was going to scare everyone straight by jumping off the top of the building, <laughs> and everyone's like, "No, he's gonna kill himself, pretending to kill himself." And that's the same episode where he calls Dwight an ignorant slut. Ignorant. Yeah, uh, that. <laughs> Oh, that that is that's one of the best episodes. Yeah. Offices. It's pretty chef's kiss. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. So, yeah. So you are a hero, Chris. According to, yeah, the Michael Scott Scott school of logic, (laughs) I am indeed a hero. And I was sick during a time where coronavirus exists. I had a virus of sorts. Mm -hmm. And who knows? I'm not a member of the CDC or the who. 
I went to I went we went to this baby class yesterday. Yes, they have classes for babies. I'm one of them. No, the, our, our baby like birth class. Um, and they were talking about the 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 uh, it's evidence based um, education. So that a lot of their stuff is evidence based for, based on um, the um, World Health Organization, CDC, etc. Um, but they called the World Health or the WHO the who and i was very confused at first so i raised my hand i'm like are you talking about the band <laughs> like evidence based based on the who <laughs> i was like uh who <laughs> what are, what are those acronyms you're saying mean and uh she was like you know the the world health organization i'm like oh i've never heard it called do people call the world health organization the no. who i always thought it was who no everyone calls it who this okay so i was right. not no i was not crazy there. No, 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 that's just very, that's right. That's a very Kirby enthusiasm, like Larry David moment. <laughs> you're like, is anyone else not going to flag this? No, no one no, else I, is going to ask about this. I have never heard anyone call the WHO who the acronym who, who, who? For short. that's yeah. Because there's also just, it's rife with confusion Yeah, because it's both a literal actual word. Yep. It's a band. Yep. Uh, and no one calls it. No one, no one calls it. No yeah. one calls it that. And I, I'm gonna di- I'm gonna diverge for a second here because I just want to pick your brain because you're very smart on this type of stuff. Memorabilia podcast. We're gonna talk about acronyms for a moment. When when do you when do you decide to call it by the name? Like when would WHO be who or not? Like do people is that just like up to the collective subconscious of whoever makes the acronym or that's a good question because NASA is NASA, right? Yeah. I don't know if I, I I don't know if I have no idea what would cause someone to use the acronym by letters or by a word. I think clarity. So to answer your question more directly, I think it's the former. It's mm-hmm. whoever is the like brand owner or the collective that is responsible for the identity of the thing. They get to ultimately decide if you spell out like verbally, if you spell out the acronym or if the acronym becomes a word in its own right. Gotcha. So NASA's founded and they go, now we're NASA. People would start doing that. But they collectively, I'm sure the marketing geniuses within <laughs> were like, no, nah, we should make a NASA's way easier. Right, right. And it's also distinct. So I think WHO makes sense to keep it as a spell, a verbalized acronym because who is not clear. Yeah, that's true. Because it it, it is an actual word elsewhere. A little who's on first situation where uh, we learned this from who? Uh, who? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Is this a weird? Is this a weird? Some sort of weird test you giving me? Right. And so there, it's just to so GIF is another example, right? GIF is an acronym for generated something oh, format, graphic. interactive format, graphic. Oh, graphic. graphic, graphical interchange format, I believe. Is that okay? And so instead of it being called GIF, it's called GIF. Right. Um, and uh, graphic we, interchange format. Oh, look at you. You is know it, your stuff. GIF or GIF? Interesting, you should bring this up because uh-huh. the inventor of the graphic, graphic interchange format that's what it stands for. Uh huh. Uh huh. He says it's GIF. That is that. That's so stupid to me. Everyone mocked that dude for a good reason because said, well, that doesn't even make sense because it starts with gra- graphical. <laughs> good. Graf- it's not yeah. graphical. I'm not going to go pet graphical. my Jolden Retriever 
<laughs> and give my friends a gift for their birthday. Right. And so uh, so everyone thusly mocked him for good reason, because it just doesn't even make sense that it would be called a, a gif. And now there's misinformation out there. Everyone can cling to that if they say gif. And now we live in a dissonant world right. where gif and gif coexist for the same thing. But something I discovered this week was gif, J-I-F, the peanut butter brand. Yep. Did a collaboration with Giphy, oh. G-I-P-H-Y, yep. the purveyors of, of gifts. Fine, fine gifts, gifts everywhere. and gifts, yeah. Yes. And they did a collaboration where they released limited edition jars of Jiffy, Jif, peanut butter, get G-I-F. Yeah, you can look it up. That's awesome. And I actually wanted to get, and it was uh, exclusive to Amazon. You could buy them on Amazon for $10 a jar. Which is hilarious. They didn't change Damn. the recipe. It's literally just a peanut butter jar that says G-I-F. And then That's there's a play awesome. on it saying there's actually only one GIF and it's G-I-F. You know, so it's like a what whole a smart play marketing on play. Very smart. Uh, they were sold out. I tried to secure a jar and it was already <laughs> gone. So. Was or it like I, a limited edition thing? Or? Yes. Uh -huh. Once okay. they were gone, they're, they're gone. So I thought that was very funny because, you know, GIF peanut butter was trying to also position that there's only one GIF and mm -hmm. it is it of uh, the peanut butter kind. Oh, so, yeah. But speaking of you beating coronavirus, hey, the meme sphere has still been hot, great, right? Great segue. As a, I, I like, like I said, I don't want to say I am a coronavirus survivor, but you decide I was ill during a time where it exists. The meme sphere is ablaze still with coronavirus memes. And I think here the, 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 Real story is that now we're seeing now we're seeing outbreaks in areas that have no known origins. So that means no travel to a a hot zone, so to speak. So it might just be a, an evolution of a worldwide or a, an evolution of a of the illness to to a point where it, should, it, it could be anywhere at that at this point. Um, so naturally, the uh, meme community is grabbing onto that and latching onto it uh be just straight out of fear and I, I think again this goes back to a um to us kind of talking about the psychology behind memes and a lot of uh a lot of the psychology behind memes being uh, stemming from uh how we deal with emergent times and uh and uncertainty and times of fear or anxiety uh humor becomes a very big coping mechanism so we're seeing that a lot with coronavirus um now though i think that they've taken they've taken a turn to straight zombie apocalypse <laughs> zombie apocalypse status so we're still seeing uh corona <laughs> the corona um <laughs> the, the the theme that corona is the name of the virus died down a little bit although corona the beer has jumped in and i know they acknowledged it a little bit and i don't know if you saw that i've heard about this yeah that they actually had sales decrease because of right. the name similarity yeah they they actually had to like address it because people were starting to get freaked out what an interesting what an interesting external pressure on a brand to have something have that share a name such that it affects your business how do, like what a what a tough thing to prep for and react to right because you're yeah. damned if you damned if you know it. i feel like if corona makes fun of it they're pariahs there's no yeah. that you don't you don't make fun of this in a way that is uh or you don't make fun of the victims itself maybe you make fun of the name itself um and kind of poke fun at the fact that 
we're a beer, not a virus. Right, right. <laughs> like you kind of go for that. Um, but what a tough and interesting thing to have to overcome. Right, because you're not right. Like you said, it's the solve in in a lot of ways. Sometimes humor can resolve that. But yep. this is a situation where you can't really make light of it because there are actual lives at stake in this situation, you know, and there's a lot we still don't know about how the virus moves. And so, you know, it's, it is a very unfortunate situation. Did you know, or I saw this the other day that there was a, there was a book. It was a fiction man, who was the author? But basically there was this like kind of prophetic Wuhan, this fictitious virus that originated in Wuhan called the Wuhan 400. And it is strangely self-fulfilling. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Keep going. I'm going to Wuhan 400. That sounds like a, that sounds like an awesome Netflix. Oh, Dean Koontz. Okay. So Dean Koontz wrote a book in 1981 Okay, hold on. It was in a book called The Eyes of Darkness. Okay. It's going wild because people, someone was reading the book or found it or whatever and took pictures of it and highlighted it. Uh-huh. Okay. So post featuring the cover of The Eyes of Darkness book and a page in which Koontz allegedly describes the coronavirus in his novel have at least 39,000 shares and at least huh. 2,000 retweets. Okay, hold on. Let me find That's the That's super actual... interesting. So, so the... So the actual um, the actual insinuation here is that Dean Koontz inadvertently predicted the coronavirus yes. in his 1981 works. Yes. Okay. In his novel, Koontz described, quote, Wuhan 400 as, quote, China's most important and dangerous new biological weapon in a decade. He also wrote it was developed by labs outside the city of Wuhan. Oh, so, oh, so it is a straight up thriller about... A bioweapon. So the yes. accusation uh-huh. here is that it is a bioweapon from the Chinese. Yeah. Okay. Having said that, the actual symptoms of the Wuhan 400 is different. It's a toxin that like eats away at the brain. You lose control. I mean, it's obviously way different. It's a little, yeah, it, it turns into like some sort of like neuro issue. Right. Yeah. In the novel, Wuhan 400 is described to be infinitely worse than Ebola. And blah blah blah, but people are of course saying like, "Oh my god!" You know, the the tinfoil hat wearers of the world are uh, looking into it. To uh-huh. speak of one of my favorite memes, I think you can Google. I'm pretty sure you could probably just Google black guy microscope, mm-hmm. and it's one just will you Google that black uh-huh. guy microscope yep, meme? Yep, I got it. And the it's an image macro, and it says me. Don't look that deep into it. Also, me, and then it's a picture of just looking into the microscope, super deeply and intensely into the microscope. Yeah, cellular level investigation. So I I think there's a little bit of that happening where it's like, oh, that's a funny coincidence, but then suddenly you find yourself three in the morning, like wired and looking. Yeah, you're down the rabbit hole on this thing. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) Constellation Brands, actually, the owners of Corona. spent $40 million to launch a new Corona branded hard seltzer campaign. And part of the promotion includes a sponsored tweet that has (laughs) sparked criticism for using the phrase coming ashore soon from Corona. (laughs) That that is something. 
that oh. will probably get you in a little bit of hot water, which is interesting because they made this pretty heartfelt statement from the sound of it that, that their sales are still strong and the, uh, their hearts and prayers are out to the families that are affected, etc. And then they have coming ashore soon, <laughs> Corona coming ashore soon as their <laughs> branded tweet. Uh, seems a little bit backwards there, but hey, doubling down on the marketing, respect to Corona, I guess, for believing in what they're doing. Um, so on top of that, Besides the fact that coronavirus has now extended into kind of this new echelon of uh, anxiety, um, the stock market took a hit. And uh, one of my favorite memes is uh, that has come out of that is um, just uh, one of the classic. Uh, this is a type of meme, not a uh, image macro, but um, it is the format where you have uh, someone who is clearly lost in thought and in misery, where they have like a, a transparent image of themselves, like in deep pain, uh, transposed over a one of them, uh, like doing an actual taking a normal action or whatever on a, like a random image or whatever. So there's a, a picture of this person looking like there's a picture of these charts, the stock charts just plummeting um while this person has like a transparent person of uh him like with a head in hand staring at these, <laughs> like with all of these charts transparent behind him like lost in this beautiful mind of thought and it's like me during the stock market hit from coronavirus and, and it's just like there are a ton of those uh, of folks reacting to the stock market taking a dive um from coronavirus which has been uh, a big big uh meme that's been <laughs> circulating around now um which are very fun. So, yeah, I don't know if you had any stocks, but mine, mine also took a dip this this past couple of weeks. I'm sure it did, Thanks, but fear. I try not to. Pay- <laughs> Thanks, fear. It's one of the things about like the stock market and stuff. Josh is really into. He pays close attention to it, mm-hmm. and that's one of those. Stock is one of those things that it's wise to have some. And I think I have just like regular index funds or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to it because it's not liquid as they um, say in the biz, because it's yeah. not like real money. It doesn't feel like it's, real money yeah, to me. Um, and also there's like nothing I can do about it. And I'm already a really high anxiety person. And if I just add another thing for me to agonize over that, I can do nothing about, mm-hmm. which is literally every component of my life. Right. <laughs> so I just, I just, I just don't even think about it. Uh, I, I act like the the cash doesn't even exist. What did you just send over? What is this? I, I'm sending over the honorable mention that I had to say, which is uh, there was a <laughs> there was a um, a headline uh, from a very reputable news source, World of Buzz, on Twitter. Oh, yes, that's what I have opened. That's what I was about to bring up. It's oh, very you? funny. Experts, yes. <laughs> experts say deadly Wuhan virus can be killed by alcohol and high temperatures, uh, and I think. Uh, the the meme that has come out of it is the uh the thanos meme <laughs> thanos like uh infinity gauntlet meme where uh he says i used the corona to destroy the corona um and it's very <laughs> it's very much transposed uh that you can use corona to kill the corona according to world of buzz so relatedly that wasn't the one i picked out there's one right next to the thanos one which is the same top image macro which is the world of buzz screenshot sure and then underneath it it <laughs> it's of a guy and his it, you know it looks like he's just like in his room and it's like a side profile sure. and it says in text corona on it just in regular letters but then it looks like there's a there's a photoshop of the same guy 
behind him holding up like a toy gun at the base of his neck and then it has a and then it has the corona beer logo photoshopped on his head (laughs) so spiritually similar uh that must be a a reference to another another meme that i'm not familiar with then uh, not related to corona the beer but also on that same roll up it's another screenshot of you know, one of those BuzzFeed listicle type sites. Sure. And it's a picture of a dog who is next to a shredded up document. And the it's from mothership.sg. Dog stops owner from going to Wuhan before severe outbreak by eating her passport. And the picture <laughs> underneath it is the photo from the office. That's like a flashback photo where Michael Scott has like a mullet and a fanny pack. And he's <laughs> shaking the hand of like probably the president of Dunder Mifflin or something. And the guy shaking his hand is Reddit and Michael Scott is dog who just did it for no reason. But the face of Michael Scott is just that of kind of confusion. And I, you know, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing here. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. I don't, I don't know what's happening. So that's a good, that's a good office. That one also the, the throwback Michael Scott fanny pack picture gets used in a lot of context. That's pretty solid. Yeah. I, I wait, I don't know that one. The fanny pack one? Oh my gosh. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Got it. We gotta look at the Michael Scott fanny pack. Yeah, Michael Scott. Um, the the interesting thing about I think the office has oh yeah, okay. I know, yeah, where he's with got the, like with the, the mullet. mullet. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> shaking, shaking. That's a Michael Scott. I thought that, for some reason I just thought that was a Steve Carell thing, not a Michael Scott thing. Um, okay, so I know your meme. It is young Michael Scott shaking Ed Truck's hand. Oh yeah, we should we should do a um, we should dive into what pop culture phenomenon has created some of the top image macros because I feel like there are a ton of television shows, Super Bowl moments, whatever that have created these like infinite. It se- it seems like there's always new image macro, even though the show has been off the air forever. There's still a new one that I'll find, which is just fascinating to me. How they can keep going. But yeah, so coronavirus still very much hot right now, um, unfortunately. And I mean, fortunately for us and our itinerary, uh, unfortunately for the fact that it is the basis for conversation still. Um, hopefully that changes a bit, um, which kind of... Uh, the Coronavirus is interesting because it is a, um, a mix of... Uh, Obviously, biological health, et cetera, uh, but it's also kind of political too. And I, I've seen a lot of um, a lot of like unfortunate anti-China sentiment out of this, as if this is their fault that they existed. Um, and that's that for me is kind of like the the sad part about this is that it's very easy to become a racially charged thing uh, when something yeah. originates in an area and people are assigning a blame game to someone, even if right. even in jest, which is even more tragic. Um, so like there are a lot of other memes that we don't share on that topic just because I feel that um, it's, it's unfortunate that, I mean, all, all that happened is that it, they were the first known cases, right? They were the first known cases were in, happened to be in mainland China. And so like, there's a lot of political sentiment around that too. And I think just in general, um, China US tensions kind of play into that a bit. Um, So politics also a a big portion of the meme world right now, which I think gets us to uh, a bit of the presidential race too. (laughs) 
Oh boy. So tried watching the debate the other night in South Carolina Mm -hmm. and we were maybe, I don't know, 45 minutes in and Josh was like, I can't, can we just literally watch anything else? He's like, and so he hadn't been watching the debates and he said, are all of them like this? And I was like, yeah, but they were really, especially yelling over each other, lots of interrupting and lot is just, it's what a circus. And of course, our man Bloomberg, I get a lot of texts hello, from his hello, crew. Hello, fellow asking, kids, Bloomberg. Yeah. Chris had shared a, an Atlantic article that came out two days ago, right? Friday, Correct. I believe, basically talking about also going into details about Bloomberg's meme campaign and, you know, it's, I don't know, ill-advised attempt to sort of infiltrate internet culture. And what was it? There's something yeah, unsettling. There, uh, the, the exact quote that made it very resonant for me is that um, The Atlantic wrote, again, about Bloomberg's uh, purchase of this kind of meme uh, purchase of memes, essentially. Um, there is undeniably something uncomfortable about watching an extraordinarily wealthy person try to purchase organic expression. And I think for me, that is exactly, that sums up so nicely. It's like the Atlantic is full of writers. It sums up so nicely, I think, what we were alluding to, which is you have this incredibly wealthy one percenter <laughs> say, trying to be this salt of the earth i'm one of you kind of people in the most backwards way possible which is by throwing their wealth around to get access to that network of folks which obviously creates a very uncomfortable uh, an uncomfortable kind of uh inorganic organicness to that which we called out we we called out that 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 is something the internet will latch onto and usually the internet has to has to decide what becomes a part of the subculture or whatever the 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 collective conscious of the internet has to decide what it likes you can't tell it what it likes it will reject and much like a a body fighting off an infection the, the white blood cells of the of the internet world will latch onto these things that it, they they deem intruders and will absolutely wreck it and we saw that a lot we saw an absolute backlash on the bloomberg stuff once he decided he was going to try and purchase his way into the meme game right right so relatedly on dig.com there's a really great every week it looks like they have a dedicated this week in memes and they sort of curate their top picks. And one of them was actually talking about Bloomberg's billboard. So, you know, of course, despite some of the criticisms, they're still double, you know, they're doubling down at the casino table on their meme media, (laughs) you know, on their media blitz. And so there was a rally the week before last in Arizona and there was a billboard or I'm sorry, there was a Trump rally in Phoenix a couple weeks okay. ago. And so Bloomberg's team purchased billboard space in its bright blue. It's, it looks like these are, are Bloomberg's maybe um, <laughs> like, like ad colors, but it's this huge blue screen. You really can't miss it. All caps. And it says Donald Trump eats burnt steak. And then underneath <laughs> it, it says Mike Bloomberg likes his, likes his rare paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And so, Team Bloomberg or at Mike 2020, which is the official Twitter account for the campaign, posted it. 
And it says Trump had a rally in Phoenix this week. Oh, are you I'm reading? I'm sorry, Trump? I'm reading ahead. Okay. I'm reading yeah. ahead to, to yeah. have the internet. Yeah, yeah. stop cheating. Okay. Trump had a rally in Phoenix this week. We made sure there was a nice gift waiting for him. Of course, because it was the most amazingly easy image to manipulate because it's literally just a solid background with text over top. And when we say when we say it's like a solid, it is just a bright blue, like um, a Tiffany blue screen that is a mile long and like 100 feet high. Yes. And it's super easy to just Photoshop over. So there was one that says Bloomberg has has IPS. (laughs) (laughs) There was another one, uh, fat broads and horse face lesbians, which, of course, is a quote that keeps getting used against Mike Bloomberg that's as a, blo- a reference that's a direct to direct Bloomberg. Reference. Allegedly. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. Where he described certain women. Oh boy. There was another one. <laughs> this one. I don't, I don't get it. Or maybe it's just, just, I don't either. Point. Bloomberg can't ride space mountain. <laughs> Bloomberg can't ride sp- space mountain. <laughs> Might be one of my favorite disses ever. <laughs> Cause, Cause I don't get it. I don't get I why. imagine I, I, now this is me totally. Now, if you do know, listeners, let us know if we're way off the mark here. But I imagine it's because it, Space Mountain is such like a mundane, like it is considered. I would, I, I would venture to guess it's largely considered an easy mode roller coaster, like one of the easiest roller coasters to ride. And if you can't ride that, you can't ride roller coasters, right? So. I would imagine that there is a, and you can fact check me on this one. I would imagine there is a, a statement here that you are Bloomberg is so much of a wuss he can't even ride Space Mountain, which I would think is kind of the the uh, the go to here. I just love the fact that well, the other one that that people have done is Donald Trump. You have twenty four hours to respond, which is. I just love the, I don't know if there's an inside joke there. I just love the fact that someone would take out a, a <laughs> so the internet is alluding to the fact that Bloomberg would take out billboard space to give him 24 hours to respond to no actual threats. <laughs> like, oh, yes. yes. Donald Trump, you have 24 hours to respond, paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Uh, well, so- the 24 hours to respond is the co-opting of another meme. Oh, called really? you have 24 hours to respond. Yeah. So I, I think this one. was in London or England, but basically what had happened was it was one of those like kind of man on the street okay. type gags where, you know, they're sitting in a, you're standing in like a busy train station mm-hmm. and the, the guy with the microphone sings the first few lyrics of that very popular star is born oh, song. Okay. That my feet can't reach the ground. That I one? don't. I've never once seen any iteration of Star is Born. Okay. Well, this is the Lady Gaga version. It's a very popular okay. song or whatever. And it's very right. like emotional. And he sings the first few lines of that song. And he approaches a woman and gets her to sing it. And it turns out she has this incredible voice. She's a professional singer. So okay. of all the people he stopped in this station and he gets her to sing like a longer refrain. And she is belting it out. And so, of course, this video gets tweeted and it says, "Lady Gaga, at Lady Gaga, you have 24 hours to respond. And then it just became this ridiculous exercise in posting insane videos of whatever thing and then adding someone and saying, you have 24 hours <laughs> have 24 to respond. Hours. Okay. Yeah. So Got there's uh, uh, Bella and Gigi Hadid, the supermodels. Sure. Or the runway models. Yep. Yep. It was at them. You have 24 hours to respond. And <laughs> And it was a video of a cat walking in different costumes. <laughs> <laughs> so it is an obvious, like, um, <laughs> an obvious 
challenge to the originator of the thing they're trying to mock in this case right like they're throwing the gauntlet yes. down like lady yes. gaga this rando showed you up in a train station with your own song you have 24 hours to respond yes yes uh, and then like obviously the internet will take it to absurd levels so now we have cats walking down a runway and they're talking to professional models saying you have 24 hours to respond with your own better version of this or whatever obviously they don't respond but that's the that's the funny part yes exactly is that it's sort of like a here's a challenge for you to rise to the occasion, right? Because you're getting stunted on on this thing that you're known for. Right. Um, and it's all manner of like ridiculousness. So it, it's very irreverent and funny. And so I think the t- Trump, you have 24 hours to respond is that's very funny because it now it's a meme within a meme. But what's really interesting is I was actually just looking up the know your meme about the Bloomberg billboard. Yeah. And it gets real weird like it it gets it looks like the majority of the co-opting of the meme is actually pro-trump really which is really strange Uh, yeah so i guess that makes sense then yeah because it's an obviously it's an it's an anti-trump and like it's they're going after the democrats in this case and right right. democrat in this case but so but as a result as you were talking and i was sort of looking through i scanned it briefly the bloomberg can't ride space mountain is a riff on his size which comes up frequently oh damn it he's a a small guy he's short i wanted to just be i want to just be like it's the easiest roller coaster and it's such a weird thing to go at someone with yeah like, like does uh, he have like motion sickness but no it's because of his size it's because okay. he's a short guy yeah. okay yeah. all right well there which you comes go. up frequently which is that's a cheap shot actually as someone yeah. who's also pretty petite <laughs> i'm like come on like he can't can't control you that know. you can't control that you can't control that uh, but you know you can't a, control eating a burnt steak the internet the internet has created a new word a new meme that i looked up i was going to include but i don't think we'll have time uh for manlet i don't know if you've heard of manlet no a manlet is uh i think someone who is under a certain size who um works out and gets super buff to help compensate for the si- for their size and so they have taken to calling them manlets and now there's a manlet there are manlet memes that are being created but is that a portmanteau of something like what I is that don't- think so i don't know i didn't i didn't honestly think we'd have time to include it yet here we are able to talk about it and i have i got nothing other than the fact that the word exists and it is a man a manlet means a man of shorter stature who is over muscled perhaps someone who is trying to make up for their short stature and standing out with their muscular physique to say anyone under six foot or even five ten is a manlet is ridiculous since the average male height in north america is five nine and a half uh so there's a quora (laughs) (laughs) of course there's a quora uh question uh that says at what height range would you consider a manlet (laughs) <laughs> the Which person is, asking the real the, hard questions the, the, the top response is this person's debate that it's ridiculous to even consider someone under 510 a manlet um but the actual urban dictionary for manlet uh okay yeah it is damn it you're gonna make me say it it's all in the in, for education here uh a man whose height is above midget level and or little people right yeah internet people uh but is well below that of any other man uh they tend to be very muscular and wide often without a neck i don't know what that means but so they look like strong mad i would guess so i would guess the uh, the internet is deeming that manlets would exist 
as yes, very ripped, jacked to the point where their triceps become their their neck, neck yeah, essentially, um, yet shorter, folks. Got it. Okay, so go. it's sort of so it's just another way of saying like a Napoleon complex. Yep. But but like but a physical but a physical manifestation of like yeah. Yeah, rather than Napoleon complex is the loudest voice in the room, this person is yeah. the most jacked in the room. Yeah, got it. Yeah, okay. A physical. I want to know where that okay. Well that's interesting. Thanks for Hey, internet. Language is weird, right? Language is very weird, right? That's kind of the yeah. basis of this whole podcast. Yeah. Um anyway, so yeah, Bloomberg bought those billboards. It has continued to backfire although now we're seeing it's not the it's not even bloomberg haters making fun of bloomberg it's trump haters or trump voters trying to go after democrat a democrat a vulnerable democrat in that case yeah well some of it is democrat from what i could tell just skimming it is both anti-bloomberg and anti-dems so it sort of seems like like it the whole spectrum is fair game because they're making fun of Bloomberg for trying to co-opt memes to begin with. Okay. And then the other being like, Dems don't know how to meme or how to like, you know, that this doesn't resonate. And then of course they're just going after Bloomberg, which, you know, cheap shots or otherwise. Um, uh, Also, I don't know if you've been receiving them, but have you been receiving text messages from various campaign groups? No. You haven't? Quite deliberately. I'm off the grid. I don't register as anything particularly. Oh, yeah. I mean, my information must have gotten sold because I get it from literally every active <laughs> campaign. I get text messages from Bernie, Bloomberg, <laughs> Warren. I was getting Kamala Harris. I'm getting Pete like, the co- messages. The Queen of England. Yeah, all of them. All of them. I'm, I'm once getting... again asking you for your financial <laughs> support. So... I am seeing on just my own personal feed, my friends screenshotting the, who are also receiving those similar text messages, screenshotting the the texts and how they're responding and they're responding with their own political memes. So it's like, hey, I'm so-and-so from Bloomberg's campaign. Can we count on your vote on March 3rd? That's when the California primaries are. And, uh, and it'll be my feeling when Bloomberg texts. So one of my friends posted this on his Instagram it was a screenshot of that text and he responded to it saying MFW when Bloomberg texts me. And it was a Bernie gif of him. Like I think shaking his head or having like a, like a negative reaction to something. Yep. Um, so it's, I, you know, I'm sure there's probably more of those than not, but in respect to all of the candidates, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, Hey, but vote or don't, <laughs> we're not the boss, but we're not the boss. You know, we're not gonna. But, we're not gonna push you, know. you one way or another. Yeah, but I do respect our our right to participate in the democratic process. In the de- yes, yes, absolutely. So. Yeah, so you know. Mm-hmm. But you also have the right to not participate if you feel so inclined. So yeah, you know, I, that's, like, that's the whole thing about a democracy. I have you know? very. I have very. I won't. I won't take too much time on this. I have very mixed feelings about that honestly about how um how oddly um how much of a leper you could be deemed by not voting oh for Uh, sure and i think in general for me 
I would prefer it if you don't know what the hell you're voting for or you don't haven't studied up on stuff. I'd actually prefer you don't because like there is a certain level of uh, <laughs> this. Is, now it's like the headline is Chris Musto says don't vote. <laughs> but that's not, true. that's not true. All I'm saying is that if you're going to vote, don't just throw your vote away because everyone forces you to do it because that's how that's how the wrong person can get elected. Um, I think in general, educate yourself. Like the call to action should be educate yourself on the candidates. And if you feel so inclined that you are so moved by someone that you, they deserve your backing, by all means, go for it. But don't just show up and vote for and and throw down a line of stuff. And uh, that 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 stuff kind of pisses me off. And I think a lot of folks get forced into that case uh, or into that feeling. Um, I know I have where I'm like I have no idea what I'm voting for, but I just know I should go. And um, that. That also feels bad. So also yeah. educate yourself on the candidates too. take some time yep. to do that. <laughs> yep. Learn about what they're doing because who yep, knows? Absolutely. And what's interesting too is I think where I get very frustrated when people, when I discover that people haven't voted is when they also seem to have very, when they're very vocal and have outsized opinions yeah. about things. And then I discover they don't participate in the process. Yeah. And I get it. Some folks feel, especially if you're in a state that overwhelmingly leans one way or another, yeah. and you feel that your voice doesn't contribute meaningfully. I get it. But also you don't, I really feel very passionately that if you have the ability, like the, the national, like, you know, you have the right to participate in this process and you don't, but then you continue to rail against our current situation system. Yep. system. That that really frustrates me. I come from uh, my dad is a veteran. We don't always see eye to eye politically, but something that he had, my father had steeped in me very from a very young age was, we are only as good as the system we support, yep. and we have every right to rail against the system. And it is imperfect, as many democracies and governments are. And to throw away your, to throw away the ability to contribute, but then in the same breath rail against it and kind of making it everyone's problem that you have a that you have this position is very very frustrating. But you're actually not you're now just like noise in yep. the system rather than actually kind of rowing in the same direction. Yep. And so I get it. I I rail against the government pretty frequently on all manner of things. And, uh, but I also take, you know, my contribution as a citizen really seriously. So I'm not the kind of person that would get out of jury duty. For instance, I actually really want to participate. I really want to get yeah. selected to serve jury duty because I want to know what it's like. Your and I think that's duty. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm not doing like the real work as, as a citizen otherwise, right? Like I'm not in uh, a civil servant, role you know i don't work sure. in government and so i feel like the least or i can do, do as a citizen and you could and if we knew you'd have to kill us <laughs> <laughs> you're an actual civil servant <laughs> yeah. quietly under wraps especially knowing that there's many people who like my mom is uh not naturalized she's been living in the u.s at this point longer than her home country okay. but still not a citizen she doesn't vote and i vote for my mom because she can't and yep. we can go into a whole backstory about why my mom's not a citizen. It's not everybody's business. But <laughs> I, I didn't yeah, ask. Hey, yeah, hey, hey, stop. <laughs> it's, it's not, not your, your business, business, Chris. 
Stop uh, asking. But nonetheless, you know, I vote for my mom because she can't, yeah. but she also has, she pays taxes and she has been living here now longer than the country she was born in. She, yep. her, her welfare is at stake. And so it, it is sure. really important to me to participate. So what all I'm saying is it is absolutely your right to participate or not. But if you're not going to participate, you need to be Don't cool about it. complain about it. You can't be complain about chill. the situation. Yeah. It's like. It's like complaining about the catering when there was an option to have a potluck. Yep. But you but you voted against the potluck or something. You know what I mean? Or like <laughs> but you, you didn't abstained. vote. Yeah. You did, or, yeah, you abstained. And or then, you had then the, you're pissed yeah. that it ended up being one way or the other. Right. And you're like, oh, what I really wanted you know, was steak or beef. Like, and it's like, well, well you, you forwent didn't the, you, 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 is forwent a word? Did I just use Forgone. You you foregone? You foregone. You foregoed. <laughs> no, you you forewent the opportunity. <laughs> your only I'm just I'm going with it. You forewent your only opportunity to have any semblance of control over the situation. Therefore, yes. do not argue with me or do not argue with it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Shut your shut your Facebook account down. Dad, no, I thought, you, no, I thought you were gonna say shut your face hole. <laughs> shut your face hole but and Facebook your Facebook, is... your Facebook hole. Yeah, all all um, of all of your holes and all of your faces. <laughs> okay, shut them. Just just clam them up. Uh, anyway, get me out of this topic. Uh, <laughs> on to the next one. Uh, there has been a research. What? Oh, you had a look on your face, like. No, oh, I no, I'm good. What? Are you good? Yeah, I think I was actually trying to yawn, and I was looking at the time at the same time. But then I was looking at the time, and then it interrupted my yawn. And then I just kind of looked back at you, and I think that inadvertently made it, look, it looked, seem like <laughs> it looked like I had I had slighted you, and you were gonna say something about it. And I was like, oh, oh, I may have overstepped. What there. hell? What hell have I? <laughs> <laughs> what is waiting for me on the other end of this recording? Stopping is kind of what I was thinking there. Uh, but good, glad here was just a misfire yawn. Uh, mm -hmm, mixed mm -hmm. with a, a clock invasive thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there has been a a resurgence of a rather old image macro, um, which in the in the early 2010s, um, there was a picture of a group of people, predominantly women at a party, um, staring at a camera. And the only way I can describe their their faces is uh, it looks as if the person taking the picture has just farted loudly uh they look a bit uncomfortable <laughs> a bit confused at times uh and that image macro has been used for a lot of things now a newer one has sprung up where there are a lot of um girls looking longingly at the camera in a classroom format like everyone's sitting at their desks and all the girls are looking longingly back at the camera as if like the person back there is a clear-cut heartthrob that really has enthralled their attention um and the one of the one of the memes here that uh, has kind of been brought up is uh, when it's 1999 and you show up to class with frosted tips, the new Limp Bizkit CD, a quarantine brand spanking new Jankos, <laughs> and like all these girls, all these girls are looking back at the camera, uh, just looking absolutely enthralled. Um, <laughs> the other ones that, that we see are like is another image of all these girls looking longingly. It's a party though. And all the 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 caption is you're like emo, right? <laughs> <laughs> all these all these girls are very clearly uh, interested. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that 
this image macro has really taken taken off, so to speak. Shoot, the stock stonk is through the roof on this one, um, which is really interesting because it's a resurgence too. Uh, we've seen ones with uh, <laughs> okay, okay, class. We're going to talk about good, faithful, loving men, and all the all the girls looking back at the one camera in the room. Um, the other ones they've taken the turn of uh, just being very opposite uh so today's class so today's topic is about depression all the girls are looking longingly back and then you have a subcategory of who the person is in the seat and it's fat thor with his sunglasses on and a beer can open and uh in a very dude <laughs> dude looking way the dude looking way um so yeah so we're seeing that we're seeing the girls in class looking back image macro series uh definitely taken off a little bit um which actually was an older one now resurging much like art Things come back full circle, trends that leave come back, and all it takes a little bit of a kickstart to get it going. Right, Anne? It does. What's interesting about it, too, is that original photo of them at the party, the women at the party and the, with the kind of shared face of disgust. Yeah. That one was apparently in the early 2010s and was shared on Reddit. And then mm -hmm. that follow-up photo, that modern photo, presumably pretty recent, right, probably within the last few weeks or so in yep. the classroom, it's really interesting that really the only qualifier there is a group of women looking at the camera. That's, That's the it. only thing those That's two things need. share in common because they're not making the same face. Nope. Right? They're making distinctly one is, one different is, One disgust. is very uncomfortable. Yes. Very uncomfortable. Like, like, like literally, Ill. the person just farted. Yeah. And <laughs> the other one is classroom looking longingly, like an entire yeah. classroom full of women looking longingly yeah. at the camera. Yeah. But yet um, somehow the contexts are seen as so, sort of a similar use case. Yeah. So that's um, it's very funny. Which is, I think in general, it's um, it's kind of the just a testament to the image macro in general and how in certain cases it's just a theme that kind of people run with and you can make your own way and, and it'll still capture the same thing without the same execution. The the same concept can, can be captured without the same execution. So all you need is a group of women looking back at the camera in whatever way and you can make it work however you want. Girls looking, girls in class looking back is the name of that one. Um, the other thing that has uh, kind of <laughs> come back a bit is flex paste. So from the makers of flex tape, we're seeing flex paste. <laughs> Sorry, flex paste. I'm, I'm jumping ahead also. I'm reading ahead. And it's uh, for flex paste? Yeah. Oh, flex, flex paste is really good. Uh, so flex paste, <laughs> for those of you who aren't hip to the as seen on TV trend, uh, is a sealant product made by the American company Flex Seal, which was introduced in February 2020. So this is hot off the press. Um, and as part of Flex Seal, Flex Seal, I don't know if you, if uh, for those of you that do not know, uh, was like a tape. And the famous image is like this: the the sales rep uh, for this for this very is very boisterous uh, as seen on TV sales rep slapping this tape on a on a leak sprung in like a giant water tank yeah. that no one other than a mad scientist would ever have in their home but it's which is also purpose, memed right? it was similar oh, that was as also well. very yes. memed yep yes. very memed very high and like that the meme case for that one was like you putting a band-aid over your like major life problems as if it was like kind of just it would work um but flex seal is being used in a different way or actually a little bit of a similar way um but uh basically flex paste is is a an actual like 
putty, a paste, duh. Um, and oh, Phil Swift is the name of the of the the as seen on TV rep. He's the new uh, well, who's the who's the old as seen on TV savior? Oh, um, Bill uh, Billy Mays. Yes, Billy yes, Mays. yes. He's the new guy. So yeah. Phil Swift, I think, is rapidly becoming the new Billy Mays. He's the CEO um, of Flex Tape. A flex tape, but he's the one selling it too. But and he he's just, he's, it, yes. he's so every image, every, he's amped. Every meme, he is amped, super smiley, yep. super like, hey, you know, like always yeah. looks like his face is always like, hey, how's it going? You know, um, <laughs> he just always has that like incredibly engaged. Like, Steve Ballmer, developers, Steve. developers, developers. <laughs> but like even higher, like, uh, yeah. anyway. So he looks, he always looks, he's a very bombastic looking fellow. So one of these is, uh, <laughs> there's obviously much, very similar to flex tape or flex seal. There is uh, leaks coming through a barrel here and you can, and he's just showing you, you can apply that paste right over it and it'll plug up the leak. Um, <laughs> so the, so the, the one that really caught me was uh, society. So it's so it's the Steve Ballmer esque looking fellow smiling, and it's society. There's a hole in a barrel labeled "My Depression," and the paste they're putting over it is the quote "Be a man." <laughs> and it's just like these band aid approaches that are these overly simplified things that people apply to incredibly deep and complex problems. Uh, is like kind of the meme category here, which I absolutely love. Uh, Go ahead, Ann. Oh, the one right below it. He, what's his name, Steve? Uh, no, it's Phil Swift. Oh, Phil Swift. Phil Swift is first graders. The leaking bucket is an insult. The bottom with the paste being slapped over the hole. You're not invited to my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Which, let's be real, it doesn't need to be first graders. Right? No. It's literally like your mean manager no. who like can't take anything, you know, like takes everything too personally. And yeah. insult. you're not Michael Scott, an insult. Party. You're not invited to my birthday party. Literally, uh, I think the one below that is also very funny. The movie directors, yes. But yeah, so uh, it's it's uh, Phil Phil with the title movie directors. Uh, the whole is futuristic futuristic tech they can't explain. The paste is nano. <laughs> the implication here that movie directors just use nano for any type of future tech that can't otherwise be explained. Be explained. Yep. In yep. movies, which okay. I absolutely love. Uh, so that image macro macro of a of a hole spouting through a a barrel uh, with our friend Phil Swift applying the paste uh, to it is catching fire. The latest and greatest from our as seen on TV culture in America. Mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. pays dividends in other ways. Um, the other one, uh, the I don't know if you've seen it, Anne, uh, but Sonic the Hedgehog released, which was... Have I seen the memes or have I seen the movie? Have you seen the movie? I haven't, but I hear it's actually not bad. I hear it's actually not bad, which I, I think there's a deeper discussion to be had here about how I think the company for this is uh, this has to be one of the first times in modern cinema where a movie has been remade by fan backlash to a promo right in case in point cats 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 wrote it out <laughs> cats wrote it out they they got the pre backlash and yet they still doubled down sonic the hedgehog got backlash on sonic's uh kind of um, model, modeling right? way, which yeah. is uh -huh. incredibly creepy 
Uh, and they went back and re- they halted production and reinvented how they animated Sonic. And it was met to rave reviews from everyone. And it released and it actually did well in the box offices. And it's Rotten Tomato scores. Pretty good. Audience score, 93%. The Whoa! critics score, 93%. Critics score okay, I'm looking this up. is like in the 60s. It's not great, but I mean, it's a hey, kid's that's, movie. That's passing, though. Yeah, it's passing. It's not a, it's yeah. not a splat. It's not a splat. Um, and I think for me, this this says volumes. This now opens up such a, a powerful moment for the that's not i can't see oh yeah 64 93 but it's not a yeah like you said it's not a splat 64 93 yep and and i think the 93 percent audience score is very much due to the fact that they took the time to listen to the audience and yeah. redid everything to try and make it a little better um so naturally now that it has fully released and is hitting its stride in the box office uh, the memes have come full circle of be careful who you make fun of in high school kind of deal with mm. the old Sonic, creepy old Sonic into <laughs> sexy new Sonic, you know. Um, the the one that really caught me, though, is if Sonic the Hedgehog can turn his life around in less than a year, so can you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like What's your excuse sort of thing. But it's like this oddly inspirational thing. And the 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 side by side comparison of this the creepy horrifying what i can only describe as horrifying sonic which he had very human eyes uh weirdly human it looked like a mouth it looked like when uh it looked like the live action rendition of uh the grinch kind of deal with the who's the who Uh uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. but it was not to be confused with the world health organization (laughs) or the british band but a a fictitious Dr. Seussian. Yeah. Dr. Seussian created uh, species of, of people. Uh, yeah, it, it looked like a Whoville resident, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, and it was horrifyingly human. And so everyone was like, this looks nothing like the games. I absolutely hate you. And then they they redid it into the, the newer, better. And he version. looks great. I mean, their remodel is like a really like, like, yeah, it's exactly what you would expect Sonic to look like in HD. Or in 4K, you know. So I think when I look at the previous rendering or model or whatever of Sonic, I think they were trying to make him look like an actual hedgehog, right? That pointed nose is what oh, a yeah. real life hedgehog looks like. The problem is, is Sonic the Hedgehog the the of the Sega variety is decidedly not very hedgehog look like. Looking. No. No, it's very much a it's just like a like a own thing. He's an it's animated his own hero, thing. yeah. It's just an anime. It's his own thing. And also what was very weird about the um the previous version of Sonic is why was his face a different like like you know the part where it's like kind of beige or like tan colored? Yep. Why didn't they make his chest the same color? Like yep. why why was that a why was that a decision? Like why did they make him light blue? And I the fact that he had such uh like I don't know a better way to put it, but he's had a very chunky body and arms. Like they were very like they were odd it was oddly human. Like Yeah. Like, like an it, uncanny it like valley child suit, you know? Yeah. Like it like it just like and the Scott like the Sonic, the actual Sega character, is incredibly lithe, incredibly thin, like yeah. overly animated, like cartoon thin arms, like Bugs Bunny style, yeah. you know? Yep, yep. He's stylized. I mean he was stylized. Like, he's a stylized. Yeah. Very stylized. Yeah, yeah. And this like it was like they they took a an actual hedgehog, made it bipedal, and <laughs> tried to like make it a, a weirdly live one. Anyway, 
So Sonic the Hedgehog released. Everyone loves him. And if Sonic the Hedgehog can turn his life around in less than a year, so can you. <laughs> We're in is this sort of the new is this sort of the new Britney 2007 meme? I think like if Britney if Britney can survive 20, 2007, you you can you do can anything type thing. Any you can, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, good for them. Cause I do I mean I, it, what's really interesting in going back to the whole participate in the democratic process mm-hmm. people essentially i mean because it wasn't even just the backlash like i think there was a change.org wasn't there an actual p- petition saying like we're not going to see this movie like we're boycotting this movie yeah. until you make it right yep. and people participated in the process so one it says a lot about the team behind the movie i'm sure it was an incredibly embarrassing and difficult situation to face that you had gotten yeah. that far just to receive this sort of backlash and then knowing that the only way your film could be even moderately successful was to take that feedback into account and really good on them for going back to the drawing board, having to do the incredible work of having to, you know, it's un- un- non-negligible that they have to re-edit the whole movie to put in this new version of Sonic. And then, I mean, I think there's a few things probably for the score. One, people feeling appreciative sure. that that these steps were taken. Two, I think when your expectations are so low, it it there it was going to be better than that yep. probably, you know. And yep. so I think there was a little bit of probably bias there. But overall, I do think it shows that if it wasn't even noise, there was a real concerted effort in yeah. in expression that this was an unacceptable manifestation of an IP people cherish. It's beloved, yeah. It's a, it, you don't. You don't make Mario into a what six foot tall person with John Leguizamo as a sidekick. Right, right, you don't do that. Right, right, you don't. You don't make right. Luigi into John Leguizamo. And they have. <laughs> and they have their like super thick. What was that? Um, what was the the song? Remember the eight? Was it the eighties or early nineties? It's like welcome to. The Mario show. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, uh, raise your hands and uh, now come on, everybody. Let's do the do Mario. The Mario. Yeah, of course, yeah. the cartoon series, but it had a live action component. Actually, that guy was pretty beloved. He as, was like, live action Mario. But he literally did not sound at all like Mario. No, like, how did, do you yeah. go from it's a me, Mario, to a. <laughs> that would definitely be on any watch list predatory watch list if he was like <laughs> inviting you over to to kind of come do the mario with him with this and that super gruff like east coast voice and, and you're like what is happening like, what staten is- island staten yes. island local staten island man <laughs> playing mario yeah. but you know what you know there's a lot of things we accepted i mean we all also fondly remembered ninja turtles what is that story from the tales from the ooze or tales from legend me. of the ooze? no legends legends secret, of the ooze secret of the, secret ooze. Of the ooze good it was lord terrible. that was one Have of my favorite oh my god that was one of my favorite movies of all time as a kid yes. i watched it 150 times on repeat a day did you don't, have don't you watched it have um you i have not night? watched babies they're babies oh I, like <laughs> of course it's bad but but exactly. But that's what I'm saying is I think it, some of these things are better left in our minds as nostalgia, <laughs> because when you revisit them, they're hard to justify. Yeah. Okay. Vanilla Ice's cameo. Uh, with Ninja, Ninja Rap is one of the greatest 
it's, it's one of the greatest rough. movie anthems of all time. Right up there with <laughs> <laughs> right up there with Highway to the Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Right up there with uh St. Elmo's Fire for St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> so many anthems. Ninja Rap is among them. So speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, this is our last meme to cover. Well, so I'm gonna time check us. We're already over an so- hour. I will be honest. I I totally blacked out, and I was like, "Oh, we have to go until twelve forty-five." And I don't know why I thought that when we started at eleven fifteen. So yeah, we're way over. I, and I'm I'm just coasting. I'm like, man, we still have a lot to do. This feels like this is going long. We're about uh, eight minutes from from uh, over, so we're at sixty-eight okay. minutes. But because it is related to Sonic the Hedgehog, it is the running javelina or job. I'm pretty sure it's javelina, which is like a wild. What I can only describe as sort of a wild boar or pig, okay. and they live in desert climates. So you can go to that link that I put in the doc, Chris, if you wanted to, and it's scroll down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so a week ago, there it was posted on <laughs> Hannah Tide or TTV, uh-huh. and a javelina was caught speeding near 22nd and Colt in Tucson. <laughs> and I'm gonna watch a video real quick so I can kind of like live recap. It's just a pig running very, very fast. It's crazy fast. Incredibly. Like, this car has to be going 35 miles an hour. It's incredibly, incredibly fast. But it's also very, like, oh, my gosh. Why is this happening? What, your dogs? My dog and Josh seems to be doing very little (laughs) to manage the situation. So They're just running around in the background. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Sorry if that got picked up. So there's this javelina. Just imagine giant boar pig. A, a boar type. pig in like what, what I can only describe is like a safari style video where the car is matching the speed of this pig and it is going very fast and everything's a blur right next to it going yes. by. But, but, but it's a suburban safari, atmosphere. Yes. Yes, it's not exactly. a Serengeti. <laughs> Instead of a Serengeti, you're looking at Taco like a, Bells and, sto- and industrial parks. And store there's parks. like an apartment building <laughs> yeah. like right behind the, the, the javelina. Right. So anyway, the video is remarkable just because one, you're seeing a wild animal like busting, like just going the distance, like really, really quickly out in the open. And but of course- it has the makeup of something that looks like it should not be going as fast as it is. Cause it is yes. a boar. It is a big stocky creature. And it is and like, like a it. gazelle booking it. It's, it's going crazy fast. So of course, as the internet, uh, Oh, it's Los Portales apartments is where it was seen. Perfect. It's like jetting next to this. So of course people are now taking upon themselves to add their own soundtrack to this Havelina video. <laughs> One of them being, let me see uh, if it'll play. The, the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin is one. Oh, the the ah, ah that's the immigrant song. Oh, is that immigrant? Is that Led yeah. Zeppelin? Who yeah. is that? Yep, Led yeah, Zeppelin. Came from okay, the land, land of the ice and snow. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok a, opening. Oh yes, yes. Oh, that's right. It was the Ragnarok opening. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one with Nicki Minaj. There is a <laughs> someone actually didn't just lay over the music, but they slowed it down. So they slowed down the video. <laughs> and chariots of fire. <laughs> and it's like super dramatic and they slowed it down another good one was queen don't stop me now this is amazing and then of course because it is relevant supersonic racing so it's overlaid with the sonic oh the suit the sonic racing theme song yes 
Perfect. And it's uh, and it's like super. And what made it hilarious is it was a very shoddy audio submission. So it was like it's like super blown out and like really hard to hear because it just keeps hitting like the the top decibels. Yeah. So it's like difficult to listen to. And then, of course, some of them don't even make an attempt to match the temp to the tempo of the javelina. No, it's just music. It's a succession theme song, which is a very eerie, like <laughs> piano driven, haunting theme song. Yeah. Uh, it, honestly, I just love big javelina energy as the <laughs> as the the moniker here. Uh, big javelina energy is very much a, a primo. Because yeah, this this creature looks like it should not be doing this, and yet here it is. Here it is. It. I mean, the whole thing is so absurd, right? What is this javelina <laughs> doing, like hauling ass I've next never, to like what? I've never heard of a javelina until this moment. Yeah. Yep. And now everyone, it's now a beloved <laughs> animal. Yeah. Oh, it's, it has to be. Uh, but I think it's evolution from sort of obviously speed and running related songs yeah. to just random music being yep. attached to and it's also just i think the analysis is it went from addressing its speed to its general characteristic like yep. what the javelina represents oh absolutely you know it, the pathology of the javelina it, like i got places to be I got, yeah and yeah, i don't javelina care who's watching i'm getting to this place yep and yep I'm, I'm just doing my thing a to b yeah. see yep. your way out of it yep um thank you yeah, Havelina. so here we are thank you Havelina. we're now all better for having witnessed your feats yep um yep. and on that note i think it's time to say goodbye to yesterday boys to men what's the um oh no it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. what's the what's the sound of music so long farewell, farewell as say goodbye is it goodbye it or good night no, no, I think uh, it's goodbye. Yeah, as they're like walking up the stairs. Goodbye. Wait, no, am I? I think, I think it is goodbye. Are because Alvita saying is goodbye, but but it's also at night because they're all in their PJs or whatever. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I don't get that song. I've never seen Sound of Music, though. I'm actually, it's a point of pride for me. I don't like that movie. Um, Wait, but you, how can you say you don't like it? This is the voting thing. You don't get to rail on a thing you haven't participated <laughs> in. How dare uh, you? Okay. So I think Sound of Music is transcendent enough that I know most of the soundtrack, right? Hills Are Alive, The Sound of Music, uh, this song. And based Oh, it on, is good night. Uh, Vitor saying good night. So farewell, all Vitor saying good night. I oh. hate to go and leave this pretty sight. So long, farewell, all Vitor saying adieu, adieu, adieu to you and you and you and you. So long. Farewell. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Listen here, lapel do meme. That's really hard to say. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. saying, I'd like to stay and taste my first champagne. So long, farewell. Au saying goodbye. I leave and say, okay, so we're both correct. I leave and heave a sigh and say goodbye, goodbye. I'm glad to go. I cannot tell a lie. Okay. I flit, I float, I fleetly flee, I fly. The sun has gone to bed, and so must I. So long for a while, our readers saying goodbye, 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 goodbye. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's riveting. Night. Riveting lyrics. I don't it's know. I just think film. I think old. I think old films get a pass where they probably should. Like it, it's it's a it's a beloved film for sure. I won't argue that. I will argue that it's a great film. 
Like, hey, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 is a beloved film, is all I'm saying. Okay? <laughs> I, I think Ninja Rap and Sound of Music could go toe to toe. Go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go. Go, go Ninja. And he's got like the, the double pump and like Backstreet Boys kind of jam. Ninja, Ninja, rap. Ninja. We, Josh and I loved that movie and we watched it within the last like several years and it was, I gotta say, it was tough. Teen, it better belong. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2? Yeah. On your like 800 foot projector? No, I said within the last few years. Oh, okay. Oh, would you? So, okay, to wrap up this riveting episode, (laughs) may I tell you about a very on-brand meltdown I had this week? Are you asking me or the listeners? (laughs) Because the listeners are going to have a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The listeners can't answer. Okay, so listeners, over the last week and a half or so, Josh, he spends... He is very thrifty and pretty conservative with how he spends money. So he, unlike myself, I really like to collect things and I consider every personal artifact I own as some sort of talisman. It has an overwhelming amount of personal significance and value to me for whatever reason. And so that that's what we're dealing with. I'm a major pack rat. Josh is a minimalist too, in every sense. And so when he gets sort of like catches the bug in terms of like a thing he was it's usually gadget related or you know something that has sort of a uh, a clear quality of life improvement okay. at least for him but we both tend to benefit right so one of these things was getting a short throw 4k projector that comes with a 120 inch screen that's so good it's Absurd. Did I send you the picture of it? Yes, you did. It's amazing. Okay, it's it like looks- our entire living room wall is <laughs> now is a is a, is a screen. And it's now turned into a whole thing where we have to basically it's like completely upended our living room. We have to get like new furniture and it's become like a whole thing. Anyway, as a part of the short throw projector, there is a device you can get called the Nvidia Shield, which is kind of like a any it's like an HDMI sort of Chromecast-like Roku, Apple TV-type device where you can connect your YouTube and Twitch and Google Play. It's like an aggregate, and and it natively contains those apps, so you don't need to push now from your phone or whatever. You can just do it from the Shield. Mm-hmm. Well, on uh, – I think it might have been Tuesday. Oh, no, no, it must have been Wednesday because – uh, yeah, it was Wednesday. I had a long day at work. I'd been contact switching all day and I was just sort of, you know, wanting to unwind. Mama wanted to unwind with a glass, <laughs> a glass of wine, of wine. <laughs> and and just watch her stories. You know, that's it. Yeah. That's all I sure. wanted to watch do. Watch my soaps. So I am in my in my jams and I'm pouring myself a glass of wine and I turn on. So we have to turn on the projector and then you turn on the NVIDIA shield separately. It's like a separate doohickey that connects to that plugs into it looks it's like a dongle right it's yeah. like a like a like usb etc kind of vibe type thing exactly and i spend 20 <clears throat> this thing is like green screening on me it's like not loading and i am freaking out okay about it okay. i am like andy bernard level like gonna like throw yeah. my fist through the wall yeah because i'm having an irrational like meltdown about this so I'm going back and forth and I keep trying to like reset it or whatever. And so I send, so I send Josh a text. He's at work. I said, look, I'm trying to get this thing on and NVIDIA shield isn't booting. The projector seems to be fine. And so he's like trying to troubleshoot it with me. And so then I decide to just take a video of me trying to like restart the thing. And he's like, Oh, so it's just not doing anything. I'm like, no. And then I send another picture of it green screening 
which is it is not supposed to do that. And I was like, I just want to I was like, this is ridiculous. I just want to enjoy a glass of wine and watch the Great British Bake Off. Great British Baking Show. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Bake bake off baking show, whatever. You know, that's all I want to watch is the Great British Baking Show. But instead, I'm having to take out some decoder rings and conduct like a seance to get this thing to go. I was like, I can't live like this. And he's like, I, he's like, I don't have the same issues you have, but I agree. It shouldn't be doing that. And I'm just like, ah, and I'm just like, he, there's nothing he can do. Obviously. This is, from this is the most on brand for both of you. And him. Conversation. Yeah. Both of you are just <laughs> playing your parts perfectly here. And so he's like, well, let me take a look when I get home. And I'm like, but you won't get home till later. And I want this now. And then he was like, why don't you just like un- unseat the plug and seat it, like reseat it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the immediate message after that was, okay, fine. It worked, but I'm still mad about it. That was my- <laughs> <laughs> was this the, was that the very eloquent equivalent of, did you turn it off, turn it on again? Ah, <laughs> uh, tech issues. So complicated yet always somehow. Always an on-off switch away for oh, me. I was so I was just like having a, such a meltdown about it because all I wanted was just to enjoy a glass of wine, watch yeah. some lovely British people yelling overproofed. Over they don't yell. They're actually very <laughs> kind. But I know, overproofed. It's been overproofed. Yeah. yeah. Overproofed is the only word I remember from that show. Yeah. Well, because the thing about the great British baking show is just how civil and lovely and decent it is. Very lovely and wholesome. It and it's yes. my going to sleep show. It's one of our going to yes. sleep shows. Um, it's very, yeah, it's very pleasant and not highly engaging at all times. You can kind of drift in and out and it's not yep. super whatever, but it's also very fun to watch too because you watch these people. They're improve. so talented. Yeah, yeah, they're so talented. You actually really learn about the science because they also get into sort of the steps that they take. And I I really do learn things with each challenge because I understand, oh, you can tell when the gluten activates in a pastry right. because it looks and i'm like oh wow the science crazy and that's really like that is the difference like baking shows baking in general is science and cooking is art you know right yeah. like you can yeah. kind of flavor to season to taste etc cetera, etc cetera. no one can tell you exactly how much goes in there i thought like, you were oh, gonna say man. go to flavor town and I <laughs> you was could gonna... go right to flavor town with donkey sauce and get yourself <laughs> some frosted tips and a bad image and some jinkos guy fearing bowling shirt his fire bowling shirts what a character anyway i mean mean, it just so the thing about guy fieri is you know what he is who he is and you can't you can't knock i mean i guess we can't knock it but he really just it just really like knock it he started listening to lit in 1999 and just like never let it (laughs) go I haven't listened Please to the song since. Tell me why. My car is in the background. Uh, 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 lawn? Uh, yard? Front yard. Land, yard. And I'm sleeping with my clothes on. Oh, so maybe it is lawn. My car is in the front yard. No, it's front yard. And I'm sleeping with my clothes on. I uh, came yeah. through the window last night and you're gone. That song is awesome. Whatever it says, okay. So, funny story about Lit, and I promise we will now close out. Get us out of here, listeners. Have turned us off an hour. We've already logged. Yeah, no one's no one's holding on from this. So, the singer, I believe it's the singer of Lit, I think is an Orange County native, which really checks out. I mean, that's pretty on brand for Orange County. Sure. Uh, he owns a bar in Fullerton, California called the Slide Bar. Mm-hmm. And you can, 
I, you know, see all manner of local bands. That's awesome. So fun fact. Yeah. Look at him giving back. Meanwhile, Mark McGrath is an XM radio host. And I was like, why is this guy still doing around? Yeah. Hasn't the collective cultural subconscious eliminated him from our lives yet? But I guess not. I guess not. No, I, I guess he's not a hateable person, but. I don't know. He's like he falls in that Guy Fury camp of like his own biggest fan, and it kind of drives. When me my up. life has passed me by, <laughs> I, I sit around, around and, and I wonder, wonder, like me, like me, you're flat. Like me. You know, it sounds like Raga. <laughs> Raga. 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 <laughs> anyway, well, on that note, like us on Twitter. Smash that. <laughs> subscribe button. <laughs> I can't believe I got. Can't Watch. Believe I got hit us up on. Patch, is it Patreon or Patch Patreon? Patreon. Patreon. But Patreon sounds British and makes you sound more erudite. So oh, I like that. I, I like Patreon. Hit us up on Patreon. Patreon. Oh, my accent's terrible. Uh, email us though. We really want to hear from you at memorabiliapodcast at gmail dot com. Because it would be great. And read us. Read us. Read us. Read. read. I said rate. Didn't oh, I? rate us. I thought you said read us. I'm like, are we writing somewhere? Um. Read about us in your local newspapers for having robbed a bank. Um, <laughs> local area podcasters. Uh, interestingly <laughs> enough, I did make a local newspaper for throwing water balloons at people. Okay, context. Uh, it was Halloween, and we were trying, we were decided to be chuckleheads, and we didn't realize how dangerous throwing water balloons out of a moving car could be. <laughs> and uh because you're throwing like water hits like a brick when it's right thrown, when it's moving yeah uh and uh yeah we we threw it we were just throwing water balloons at people and no one got horribly injured but it made the paper because apparently it was like uh frowned upon i mean highly frowned upon yeah like yeah i, I might be wanted in my home state <laughs> i have no idea from high school shenanigans junior year of high school uh yeah, we were bored assholes and oops, sorry, that's uh, we'll we'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put a really long bleep. Yeah. Some people threw eggs, although eggs are also dangerous. And there's if you're also throwing like a, them out of a car. Yeah. Well, and also not just from the speed component, but also like actual like bacterial concern. You know, salmonella is a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in that in that case, we were heroes. We were throwing less less I, violent items. We were did also did I save here. a life? Yes. <laughs> yes. My by own. not throwing eggs. <laughs> throwing water balloons instead of eggs. We only horribly injured people instead of killing them. Anyway, okay. email us at mirabiliapodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about uh, the show and what your favorite memes are, so maybe we could talk about them. And on that note, Craig. 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 See ya. Bye.